if you give to Him or not? If you live within your income, does God care about these things? If you limit your expenses so that you can save? If you have extra to give to others? Does God care if you live in debt due to overspending? Does God care? Let's take up giving. Will a man rob God? Malachi chapter 3 asks, Yet ye have robbed me. It is possible to rob God, and it is simple as not giving like you should. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Notice a tithe is to get you started. A tithe is what you owe him, and offering is what you give beyond that. Ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. God does care. Does God care about your savings? Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. She provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. Ants will work hard during the summer, not merely for their consumption, but to be able to put away for the winter. There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. And wisdom is our goal as Christians. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. God does care about your savings. Does God care about you living and spending money beyond your means? The Bible says, He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. This is the Bible. This is one of the 31,101 verses where God has addressed your spending habits. If you're living for pleasure and just throwing your money at things that will make you happy and you don't meet God's uses for your money, then you have sinned against Him and you're going to be a poor man. You'll never get ahead. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. A spendthrift, a person who spends more than they should, is a foolish man. Does God care? He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. You might be hard working on the job, but if you don't have anything left to show for it, you're brother to the slothful man. You might as well be a lazy sluggard on the job. Spending can make you look just like a sluggard. Why earn it if you're just going to blow it by spending? Strong men retain riches. That means they don't let it slip through their fingers by spending so much that they don't have money held back and accumulating, which is what savings is all about. Does God care about you being able to give to others? This is part of sanctification to a true New Testament Christian. Sanctification in the New Testament is not living in a nunnery, monastery, or living anything like nuns and monks. It is not reading your Bible and praying all day. God never ordained that for anyone, including the apostles. This is part of your sanctification, and it's taught in the sanctification chapter of the Bible, 1 Thessalonians 4. And this is part of it, that you study to be quiet, to have a peaceful life professionally, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you. I taught it in person, and I'm writing it to you in 1 Thessalonians 4 that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, so that the world can see us 
as being hardworking, quiet, professional people, and that ye may have lack of nothing. By your professional plans to be well employed, and by saving your money, and by holding back your spending, you will have lack of nothing. You'll never be short because there'll always be plenty because you discipline your spending. Again in the New Testament, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, a good profession that he may have to give to him that needeth. See, here is the Lord telling you that you are to control your spending so that you have everything you need and you don't have financial pressure in your life. And you have extra so that you can give to someone that's in need. And that's how a church body and a group of Christians is supposed to manage their money. Does God care? What about living in debt? This is what Moses told Israel before he left this world. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, if you keep his commandments, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. God's people, under God's blessings, are depositors, not borrowers. They're creditors. They loan money. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Because if you borrow money, you're the tail. Someone else is wagging you. The Lord wants you to be the head and wag them. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. When you're in debt, you're beneath. You're under a burden of debt, the bondage of debt. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. You're a slave. And it's because you spent too much. No one has to be in debt. Cut back your spending. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather, is a principle of the New Testament. Ye are bought with a price, be not ye the servants of men. And one way that we get away from that kind of servitude is to avoid financial debt. Tonight's short little study is a penny saved. This is the man that coined, creative, huh? This is the man that coined that expression. Oh, Ben Franklin. A penny saved is a penny earned. Now, do you know what that short little statement of his meant? Not spending a penny is like earning a penny, except you didn't have to go to work. All you had to do was stop your lust to spend. I want you to understand that statement very clearly. The choice not to spend is a choice to earn. Because you have extra that you would have had to work overtime in order to get it in your pocket just by curtailing your spending. A penny foolishly spent is earnings lost. A penny not spent is income to yourself. I have tried to restate this four different ways. What it means, a penny saved is a penny earned. When it says a penny saved, that does not mean putting it in a penny bank, in a piggy bank. It means not spending it. And by not spending it, it's like you earned another penny. Because you have more left over, but no effort at earning more. Now, Ben Franklin came up with that, but Ben Franklin was a religious skeptic and scorner, and I have no respect for him hardly at all. Anything good he said has already been said better in the Bible. 
There is no reason to see him a believer if you read anything about him. His penny saying is good, only so far as it goes. There is more for Christians to consider. And you accountants in this assembly and you financial analysts, please remember that I do know full well the difference between full cost absorption and marginal pricing. Please, don't bother your minds with getting distracted with those two things. And for the rest of you, forgive me for even mentioning it. The first use of income is to pay God first, and let's use 10% as our base. God expects and deserves your first fruits. That's 10% off the top of what he gives you. He does not get leftovers or you sin because it is called first fruits giving in Proverbs chapter 3, 9 and 10. If you save a penny, and remember we're talking about spending. If you save a penny by not spending it, you have earned 1.11 pennies. Because it would take 1.11 pennies in income for you to give a tithe on it, which would be 0.11, which would leave one penny. Let's look at it. You must earn 1.11 pennies to have one left over after giving to the Lord. Your first use is giving God 10%. 10% of 1.11 is 0.11. You earn 1.11, you give 0.11 to the Lord, and it leaves you one full round penny. Spending must be grossed up for giving. So Ben Franklin is wrong. A penny saved is not a penny earned. A penny saved is 1.11 pennies earned. Because you would have to earn 1.11 pennies, give the Lord his 10% in order to have that penny. But all you had to do was not spend it. It's going to get better. Pay yourself second. You're supposed to save. Saving isn't a good idea. Saving is a commandment. God expects you to save systematically, conscientiously off the top. If you save a penny by not spending it for that piece of bazooka at the, at the gas station on your way home, you have earned 1.11 pennies. Let's look at it again, just like we did giving. You must earn 1.11 pennies to have one left over because of savings. And savings is a commandment. Your first use is saving back. Your second use, forgive the error. Earning 1.11, you save 0.11 and it leaves a penny. Spending must be grossed up for savings. What about paying Caesar third? He wants about 25% on average for people who are making some money. God commands you to support Caesar. He takes it off the top without asking you about it. If you save a penny by not spending it, you have earned 1.33 pennies. Because you have to earn 1.33 pennies, pay 25% to Caesar on that. 25% of 1.33 is 0.33, which leaves your penny. You would have to earn 1.33 in order to get that penny in your pocket when really all you had to do was leave Bazooka Joe where he belongs. What is it now, a nickel or a dime? You know, all my life it was one penny. That tells you how long my life has been. What a trip to the store with a penny. How about living expenses next? God commands you to pay all your bills. If not, bad things happen everywhere. If you save a penny by not spending it, you have earned two pennies. Because if you save a penny, you would have to earn two because one of them is going to be taken up in your 50% costs of living. 
can you add up the pennies? A penny after giving and saving. A penny saved after giving is 1.11. A penny saved after saving is 1.11. A penny saved considering both uses of money is 1.24. You must earn 1.24 pennies to save one. 10% to the Lord is 12 cents. 10% to savings is 12 cents. 2 times 12 cents is 24 cents. A dollar 24 minus 24 cents is your penny. All you had to do was not spend the penny. But here's what a full budget looks like. Giving 10%, savings 10, taxes 25, living 50. Now some of you have 10 giving, 10 saving, 25 taxes, 75 living, and we come up with a different kind of an equation. But I'm not doing that here. I'm assuming that you're living within your means. I'm especially talking to the young couples tonight who haven't learned their hard lessons yet, and you will if you don't learn to control your spending. Or look at it this way. Giving takes 10% of what you make, savings another 10, taxes 25, living 50, and it leaves you 5%. 95% of income is spent. If you do not spend a discretionary penny, it is equal to earning 20 pennies. Because your 20 pennies... Two of them go to the Lord, two of them go to savings, five of them go to Uncle Sam, and ten of them go to your living expenses. If you spend a discretionary penny, then it is like taking 20 pennies from your income. Anything done with your discretionary pennies has an effect 20 times on your income, on a full cost basis. Please, accountants and financial analysts, part of me is cringing too, just be comforted by that. The, the example is true, especially when we're talking to young couples who are already spending over 1% of their income. There is no margin. Like you're thinking. Let's take an example of your multiplier at 20. You want to buy a $100 cell phone. If you buy it, you use $2,000 of income. If you did everything properly in your budgeting... It has an effect of taking $2,000 out of your income. Because that $2,000, 10% goes to the Lord, which is 200, 10% goes to you for savings, which is another 200, 25%, and so forth. You end up with your $100 for a cell phone. I want to do this to make you think very consciously and very hard about where you spend your money. If you save it, you find $2,000 of income if you save 100 bucks. By not spending it when you could have. It'll take 2000 of income to pay for it. Can you cut your expenses? It's the cost of high living that gets most people. Not the high cost of living. It's the cost of high living. Do you spend money like Uncle Sam does? We all love to talk to each other when we get in the flesh, and hopefully we don't do it. But when we get in the flesh, we understand that our government overspends at all levels. Do you overspend? Shop less. Buy only what you need. Don't go looking to see if there's something you can buy. If lacking discipline, cut up your credit cards. Do not be too proud to buy used anything. Vacations are only for those with savings. No one else deserves a vacation. Do you think there's a verse in the Bible about a vacation? What in the world is a vacation? It's for a man who's kept all his financial duties. It's a luxury. It's a privilege. 
Eating out is an extravagant waste. Remember that. It's one of the costliest things you do. And it's part of our lazy generation always wanting to eat out. Vehicle for a non-working person in the home is costly. Your your parents didn't have it. Your grandparents didn't have it. You don't need a whole fleet of vehicles unless you have real uses for them. Convenience foods cost you per pound. $4 for a pound of potato chips. What does it cost for a pound of potatoes? 40 cents. Ten times, because you want convenience. Cell phone a a necessity? Hardly. It's a dream. It's a luxury. Every time you turn the ignition in a vehicle, you spend. So you shouldn't drive anywhere unless you have a real purpose that is worth the money that you're throwing through your exhaust. And that's getting more and more every day, these particular days. Raise or lower your temperature by season in your house. Split a meal out. It can help you two different ways. The portions that are served in America are so large, they dumbfound our visitors from Malaysia. They cannot believe. They would, they would eat what we eat in a sitting. I'm talking about the average American. Divide it up into three or four portions and get four meals out of it. If you cannot pay cash for it, forget it. Fight sales. Do you need the savings? You know, they advertise about how much money they want to save you. That's not the savings the Bible has in mind by spending. Cost cutting is important to give God, to give to God liberally at all times. If you're managing your money wisely the way I just described, you can give to God liberally at all times. To live easily within your means, which the Bible says you should. To always save and be wise for the future, which the Bible commands. To have extra to give to others. To be free as the head and not a slave like the tail. To simplify your life for godly peace. To protect against the coming trouble. A penny saved. I hope you'll remember that a penny saved... If you're keeping all of God's uses for your money, a penny not spent is worth a whole lot more than a penny. And I hope that will weigh on you about being disciplined with your spending habits. If you're happy with your spouse, you can be happy with a whole lot less than you think you need and that our society wants to press on you as needs. They're not needs, they're luxuries. And we have become spoiled and lazy and we're spendthrifts. It starts at the top of our government is an evil, which I see proceeding from the ruler, and it has affected most everyone. And I do not want you to suffer. So I hope that you'll remember a penny saved. You don't need to remember Ben Franklin. You need to remember the verses of the Bible that we just went through in a hurry, where God says that the use of your money is very important. It is the mark of a man, and a strong man retains riches because he doesn't spend them all. Amen.